your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Just win. You're a win as a Raider. Pillaging just for fun. He'll knock you around and upside down and laugh when he's conquered and won. What's up, Raider Nation? Welcome into Friday's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast, February 26th. 2021. Your boy Q here with you as always. And of course, as always, you can find me on Twitter at your boy Q254. Not only am I there, so you can hit me up and ask any questions or give any comments or talk about a show that you might listen to. If you're ever looking for the show, I always tweet out a copy of the link every single day, about four or five times a day. I'll, I'll tweet out a copy of the show. So definitely, if you're looking for it, you can always hit up the Twitter page at your boy Q254. Click on the link and boom, you can listen to the show. Hopefully Thursday's show, you enjoyed the conversation or parts of the conversation I had with Siri pin four talking all things NFL draft you heard part one and part two in uh, segments uh, two and three on Thursday well you're going to hear part three coming up on today's show so going to close out this week really really strong very excited about that coming up on today's show as a matter of fact in segment number three I didn't have any calls on Thursday I'll have calls and text straight off that Lockdown Raider podcast voicemail line 707-654-4693 that is the number and then as mentioned in segment number two you'll hear my final piece of the conversation part three of my conversation with Cyril Pin 4 at Cyril Pin, the number four on Twitter, talking all things 2021 NFL draft. And uh, he does have an NFL draft guide out right now. You can find it at expandtheboxscore.com. 323 players are profiled. So lots of good stuff, lots of very informative stuff. And I love talking NFL draft. Matter of fact, I found out on Thursday that Daniel Jeremiah from the NFL Network is actually going to have his not pre-combine uh, teleconference like he usually has because right now the combine would normally be going on. But since it's not, he's actually going to have his uh, his conversation, his teleconference on March 9th. So that uh, that's going to be exciting. Always like to catch up with Daniel Jeremiah. So I'll definitely bring a lot of that to the table here on the Locked On Raiders podcast. But in segment number two, you'll hear the final part of my conversation with Cyril Penn for talking all things NFL draft. And here in segment number one, news in the notes of the day. And please believe there was a lot of news and notes that came out on Thursdays that had to do with the quarterback position. And none of them were named Derek Carr. So let's go ahead and jump right into it. The biggest piece of news that came out of Thursday as far as the quarterback carousel goes had to do with the Seahawks' Russell Wilson. And it's so strange and it's so crazy how this quarterback carousel has really started to ramp up again. It looked like it was slowing down and dying out. And then all of a sudden, here comes Russell Wilson to save the day. Now, Russell Wilson, let's not make any mistake about it, has not asked the Seahawks to trade him. He said that he's upset about getting hit so much. He's upset that he's not the focal point, that they, you know, Pete Carroll and company want to get back to the ground and pound game and not really rely on his arm as much. I mean, he's made little uh, comments here and there about things he's not happy with, but ultimately he has not, and I repeat, has not asked the, the Seattle Seahawks for a trade. But it's funny, his agent put out on Thursday, Mark Rogers said that he hasn't asked for a trade and he has a no trade clause in his contract, but if he were to get traded, if he were to consider, uh, you know, waiving his no trade clause, it'd be for four teams, the Cowboys, the Saints, the Bears, and of course, your Raiders. And I said it before and Raider Nation, I've said it a million times and I'll say it a million more. The Raiders name is always thrown into the mix with every single high profile name. Every reporter is always going to throw it in the mix. Every agent 
Mark Rogers is going to throw that name into the mix because one, there's always speculation about Derek Carr in the quarterback position. So uh, a quarterback like Russell Wilson, any team would have to think about it. If, if he legitimately uh, went to the Seahawks and said, Hey, I want to get traded and I want to go to the Raiders. The Raiders would be foolish not to pick up the phone and say, Hey, what's it going to take to get it done? Because I don't care who you are and I don't care how big a Derek Carr fan you are. Russell Wilson, no doubt about it is an upgrade over Derek Carr in a major, major way. Uh, but again, I just, I, again, I, I go to my grave and will tell you that the Raiders' name gets thrown into everything because the brand is so large and the fans are so passionate and they're always going to get behind it and be like, hey, Raiders, go get it done. And, of course, social media went crazy when they saw the Raiders' name mentioned with, uh, you know, with Russell Wilson and, and the possibilities. Well, there's multiple reasons why I believe it's not going to happen as far as him get traded anywhere, not just to the Raiders, but I don't think he's going to get traded to the Cowboys, the Saints, the Raiders, or the Bears. And that's $39 million in dead cap space if they trade him. And I know, and you'll hear in just a second, I know you can label it a post-June 1st and it'll make it a lot more manageable. I just don't see it. And uh, John McClain, I'm so glad that on Thursdays we have John McClain on Fox Sports Central Texas, my radio show. He joined me to talk about many different things, including Russell Wilson. And, I, you know, I asked him straight up about it. Or my, my co-host, Stephen Simcox, asked him straight up, what do you make of this Russell Wilson situation? Remember, Russell Wilson only has three years left on his current contract. Here's John McClain's thoughts on the Russell Wilson situation with Seattle. Now, he wants a new contract. How much of this is about a new contract? He already made over $100 million. And I don't blame him sometimes about his unhappy about certain things there. They fired his offensive coordinator, Brian Schottenheimer. That was done by Pete Carroll. He liked Brian Schottenheimer, even though now it says he was unhappy with the play calling and the way they didn't make him the focus of the offense. Well, I've seen him as the focus of that offense ever since he was a rookie. I don't know what those reports are about, but I don't see any way they trade him because they can pacify him with money. The Texans cannot pacify Deshaun Watson with money. Right, no doubt about that. Plus, John, I, like I was telling Stephen earlier, there's a $39 million dead cap hit on the Seahawks if they were to trade them this year, and I don't think that that's possible. Well, if you do it after June 1st, then it's it's, uh, it's a lot less this year, and then the big portion of the cap goes into 2022 when everybody thinks it'll be back to normal. Anything teams can do, and usually you can take two of your free agents you're going to cut and you can designate them as post-June 1st cuts. And that means they're, what they're left on their prorated signing bonus is uh, it's just this year what's left, say, with Watson, $5.4 million. Then the rest would come out of next year. So there's a lot of ways to manipulate it if they wanted to get around it. People say Carson Wentz couldn't be traded for his contract. It's true. And he was. So there's John McClain, and one of the things he's taught me many years ago was, Q, it's always about the money. And you've heard me, if you've listened to this podcast enough, you've heard me say that before. It's always about the money. So uh, not necessarily the yearly amount of money that, uh, that Russell Wilson is going to be getting, because basically 2021 is going to get 32 mil, 2022, 37 mil, 2023, 40 mil. But the point is he only has three years left on his deal. He's 32 years old. He'll be 35 at that point. So he's going to want to put together two, three, four more years on the end of that contract. That's basically what John McClain is saying. It's really the contract extension that he's looking for. I just don't see it uh, as a possibility of him getting out of town, and I don't think that a 70-year-old Pete Carroll is going to want to try to rebuild in Seattle. So uh, Raider Nation, don't get all hot and bothered about it. I just don't see it as a possibility. And then 
to double down, all of a sudden, Dan Graziano from ESPN, he started talking about Deshaun Watson. He went out on Twitter and said, per sources, Texans quarterback Deshaun Watson met with the new Texans head coach David Culley last Friday. In that meeting, Watson reiterated he wants to be traded. Told Culley he has no intention of playing for the Texans again. No change from Watson's end. He remains dug in. So, back to my conversation with John McClain from the Houston Chronicle, who's been all over this Deshaun Watson situation and very adamant at the very beginning that they were not going to trade him. And, you know, he's a little bit, every single week has changed his tone just a little bit because of, well, the way that everything has been shaken out. So, I asked him straight up again, what do you make of what Dan Graziano had to say and the fact that Deshaun Watson told David Culley now he doesn't have any intention of playing with the Texans ever again? Well, first of all, I've been writing and broadcasting that the Texans should meet with Watson. And I said to GM Nick Casario and Coach David Culley, and if you want to bring offensive coordinator Tim Kelly into it, who Watson loves, bring him in there and let Watson tell them exactly why he wants to be traded, exactly to why he has no confidence in this organization. And then they tell him their plan to turn around the franchise. And then both sides go to their corner. And after Watson thinks about it a couple of days, if he's still adamant that he wants to be traded, they should trade him. And they have to do it before this draft, all the way up to the first day on April 29th. And they have to make sure they get a quarterback out of it. Not Teddy Bridgewater or Drew Locke or Jimmy Garoppolo or somebody like that. They've got to get the second or third overall pick. And if they get the third overall pick from Miami, they're going to get Tua Tagovailoa. And uh, I've been saying this all along. Well, Watson met with Cully. Cully is a great talker. He is a great guy. Everybody likes him. He's been very, very low-key. He's the 13th head coach I've covered here since I left the Tribune Arrow to come down here in 1976. And once he was introduced as head coach, he just faded into the background because of all the controversy they have going on, that being the Watson trade, the white release, the Fire Jack Easterby campaign, what's Nick Casario going to do as a GM, why doesn't Cal McNair fire Easterby or sell the team? Nobody was talking about David Culley. And I wrote a column about that this week. Didn't talk to Culley, not that he would have told me that he had met with Watson, but I think now, if they since he's heard it from Watson and he's told the owner, Cal McNair, and the GM, Nick Casario, an executive VP of football ops, Jack Easterby, why he wants to be traded, I think they have to trade him. He will never be as mo- any more valuable than he is right now. The alternative, forcing him to sit out, absorb millions and millions in fines, show up with four games left so his contract doesn't toll to 2022. That would be the worst-case scenario for everybody to me. He's made his point clear. People say don't trade him. Well, what's the alternative? Try to force him to play? How happy would he be when he came in and he'd lost millions and millions of dollars and he's still not traded? But if they don't trade him by this draft, they will never get, again, what they could have gotten from, say, the Jets or the Dolphins. So at this point now, even John McClain is convinced that Deshaun Watson is going to be on his way out. And right now, if the Houston Texans are smart and they haven't been smart about this whole situation, they've they've fumbled it from the very jump. 
If they're smart, they're going to go ahead and make sure he gets traded before the draft because his value will never be as high as it is right now. Even if he were to go and sit out for a year or if he was to, to play with the, the Texans for one year and next year, the value will not. He's going to be able to command the most right now. And like you heard John McClain say, they've got to be able to trade him to a team that can make sure, get him a good draft pick where they can guarantee that they get a franchise quarterback moving forward. So he's looking at the Jets. He's looking at the Dolphins. And really, those are the two favorites that he's looking at. And I guess Carolina possibly, even though they're at number eight. So the Deshaun Watson, I feel like that situation in that saga is really, really now heating up. And and you may see some movement sooner rather than later. Raider Nation still do not have any thought that he could possibly ever be a Raiders quarterback. So I'm not trying to tell you that. Just wanted to keep you updated on what was going on with Deshaun Watson. My final note here for segment number one of today's Locked On Raiders podcast, Orlando Brown, the right tackle from the Ravens, he's looking for a trade partner right now. His representatives have begun exploring trade possibilities. He wants to be a full-time left tackle. And I remember when Orlando Brown was at Oklahoma and he was a heck of a left tackle and he didn't do very well at the Combine. And they said, oh, he's going to be a bust because he can't bench press a ton of uh, reps at 225. Oh, he wasn't fast on his shuttle or whatever. Look, the dude, you have to run a country mile to get around that guy. He can block for real. So the only reason I bring this to the table here on the Lockdown Raiders podcast is because I just kind of am thinking, I wonder if the Raiders could find a way, if they're ready to move on from Trent Brown, could they possibly trade him? to the Ravens because they're going to need a, a right tackle, put him at that right tackle position. I don't think they could swap him with the Raiders because I think that Orlando Brown, I know he wants to be a left tackle. So unless the Raiders plan on giving him a ton of money like a left tackle gets paid, I think he wants to. he's pretty hell-bent on being a left tackle. But I wonder if they could trade Trent Brown to the Ravens and that could be their new right tackle. He already has a, a contract for the next couple seasons, and, and then the Raiders can get some more draft capital. So that's what I would be interested in. I don't think that they would swap the players. I just think that there's a possibility, maybe, if you're trying to salvage, salvage something, you're trying to trade Trent Brown to the Baltimore Ravens. That'd be a team that if I'm Mike Mayock, I'd call, I'd call him and say, hey, are you interested in our right tackle? And see what they say after that. So that's all I got for you for segment number one of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Coming up in segment number two, my final part of the conversation, part three of my convo with Cyril Pin for talking all things NFL draft. Before I get into that, though, I do want to tell you about betonline.ag. They're the one spot that's got you covered like a glove. And what I mean by that, if you want to get your gamble on and talk some NBA, they got you. Some NCAA, they got you. Uh, hockey, they got you. UFC, everything, any kind of sport that you could think of, they have you covered like a glove. Again, betonline.ag. You open up a free account today, use the promo code Locked On. you're going to get a 50% welcome bonus just like that. So when you uh, make your deposit into your account, if you put a hundo in, you're going to get 150 that you you can play with. If you're on social media, you can check them out at betonline underscore AG. They'll give you all the best bonuses in the business. They're the one place that we trust, the one place to have you covered. Betonline.ag. Segment number two is on the way. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Raider Nation, here we are. Segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast on this Friday, February 26, 2021. It's time to jump into my final part of the conversation, part three. I normally don't have three parts, but this was a really good conversation talking NFL draft with my guy, Cyril Pin 4. You can find him on Twitter at Cyril Pin, the number four, talking all things 2021 NFL draft. And he has a guide out right now, 323 guys, 
players are uh, are profiled in this guide. You can find it on expandtheboxscore.com. I enjoyed it. I got my copy. I enjoy it. I check it out uh, each and every night, really, when I start to see some more players. I'm like, you know what? Let me go ahead and do a little research here. But anyway, enough talking about that. Let's go ahead and jump into the final part of the conversation. We start this off talking about Raiders wide receiver Brian Edwards. And my question to him is, you know, can this guy be that next level dude? Can he take a step in year two uh, with the Raiders or is he just an injury prone guy he was injured with the Raiders quite a bit he was injured at South Carolina is are the injuries just too much for him to overcome at this stage of the game yeah I mean they say availability is the best ability right so he's gonna have to prove that he can be out there for the Raiders before they start to uh to count on him that's a guy a guy like Simi Fehoko if you're counting on Edwards Fehoko is a little bit redundant because he does a lot of the similar things that Edwards can do. And Edwards can maybe even do them a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Edwards uh, last year of the receivers I studied was one of the best at breaking tackles and gaining those extra yards after he's got the ball in his hands um, with toughness, with creativity and his uh, ability to gain separation and space. So I, I thought that Edwards was a guy who would really contribute. I mean, that injury bug, yeah, it's a it's a sad thing. It happens to a lot of players, but I, I'd say that uh, the Raiders probably know best in terms of what his physical condition is, and I think whether they uh, focus in on the receiver position considerably, they, they'll at least do something with losing Aguilar this year and with cutting Tyrell Williams. They'll at least have to bring in a guy, but I think um, – the amount that they invest, whether it's in free agency or in the draft, is going to be really telling of how they uh, think that Edwards can contribute next year in terms of his physical condition. Talking right now with Cyril Pin 4. Uh, you can find him on Twitter, at Cyril Pin the number four. Talking about uh, the NFL Draft 2021. They got a draft guide out. You can find it on expandtheboxscore.com. Really good stuff. Over 323 players that are, are featured in this guide. It's really, really good. And uh, I wanted to ask you about the running back position. This is something that I think that the Raiders, I mean, I know they have Josh Jacobs, former first-round draft pick, gone over 1,000 yards the first two years in in the league, I feel like they need a real big, strong downhill runner that could be a compliment to Jacobs. Uh, of course, I like Alabama guys, you know that. Uh, Najee Harris is my guy, but uh, chances are he probably won't be available. Or if he is, maybe that's a little high to draft another running back. But uh, what are your what are your thoughts? Is there a running back that you think could be a really good compliment to Jacobs, where it's like you're not really taking Jacobs off the field when you take him off the field? Yeah, um, Najee would obviously be ideal. I know that Raiders fans have been fantasizing about that since last year. Yeah, uh, my bad. <laughs> Najee would have come out and been available in the second round to pair with Jacobs. I mean, um, that would be absolutely an awesome story of them reuniting with the Raiders and just dominating. But I think that 17 is definitely high for the running back position in terms of uh, value. And I, I think that the Raiders really um, could – be better off just like you said finding a guy who you can bring on the field who's going to pound guys and can get those tough yards when you want to keep jacob's leg fresh legs fresh um i I think a guy who can do that uh capably well to very well is ramondre stevenson Mm. um out of oklahoma yep that's a, a huge player with great contact balance and good vision he's a powerful guy um he's got adequate long speed so he's not a guy who's really breaking it deep but he's going to be fighting for those yards after contact every single play churning his legs 
And he, he's a guy who's consistently falling forward. I mean, if you hand it to this guy on third and two, you can bet he's getting you that first down, especially with a, a powerful line to boot with the Raiders offensive line. He's 5'11 and 5'8", 227 pounds. So he's a very thick, uh, chiseled lower body player, a lot of strength in his lower half that he uh, generates. And I think he's a, a good pass protection guy. He, he's not a guy who you're going to call upon in the past game, really. I mean, the Raiders have wanted to explore that more and more with Jacobs, and I expect them to do so even more this year. So I wouldn't expect uh, any backup that they have to be playing too much on third down. But Stevenson's a guy who, if if he's out there on third down, he can capably pass Bach, and you can rely on him to be uh, – doing that right away, which is not something you can say for a lot of rookie running backs. What about a guy who was at Oklahoma and then transferred to Ohio State? That's Trey Sermon. Uh, looked like he, in my opinion, made himself a lot of money in the college football playoffs until he got injured. But uh, what are your thoughts on Trey Sermon? Could he be a potential compliment to Josh Jacobs? Yeah, Sermon is a, a kind of similar player in terms of skill set to Stevenson. Um, I, I like Sermon. He's got Another guy with great contact balance. He's a, a very well-balanced guy. He doesn't have the same size that Stevenson does, but he's probably got more burst. He, he's a really high-effort player. So, he, And I've heard that he's a great guy in the locker rooms, a guy that you would want to have and a, a real culture fit for the Raiders. So I, I think that that's another guy who would be a good compliment. Now, I, I think that Sermon probably goes higher than Stevenson, okay. and we in our book actually had Stevenson as the better player, surprisingly. Uh, little spoiler alert there for the for those <laughs> who haven't gotten the book yet. But yeah, um, Sermon, a, a lot of people are going to be especially impressed with those last few games. But in our scouting, we are mostly looking at the larger sample than the recency bias, and we wanted to keep that out of it. So that's probably one of the reasons why he graded out a little bit lower. Um, but I think Sermon's a great player, and if those last few games are indicative of how he's going to look going forward, then this is a starter, potentially. So if you can get him uh, in the third or fourth round, that's great value. Nice. Final question for you, and this has been great, man. You've gone over a whole lot of, of players and talked about a lot of positions and how they can help the Raiders and, and them moving forward. I didn't ask you about the safety position, and I know that Jonathan Abrams there, he was the former first-round draft pick. Uh, the question and the jury is still out on him, who or what he's going to be, uh, what kind of player he's going to be in the NFL. Uh, doesn't have a lot of film under his belt. Only played a half a, a game his rookie year and then played, obviously, all of 2021, but or 2020, but still, it, it seemed like his rookie year uh is there a safety that you think could be a big time player for the Raiders that could fit in this Gus Bradley defense and possibly be the the Earl Thomas type guy uh as, as opposed to the Cam Chancellor which most are expecting Jonathan Abram to be yeah you hit it on the on the head right there with Jonathan Abram and that Cam Chancellor role and them needing that Earl Thomas they need that free safety you can patrol sideline to sideline um but I expect them to try to find a guy who can do a little bit of both um but there's there's guys in this class who can definitely fill that role. The the one who would be there at 17 who question maybe do I take this guy just because safety is such a big need for them, and that's Trayvon Morig at a TCU. Yeah. Uh, you get a big 12 guy. I'm sure you've seen a bunch of him. Yep. He's a, a vocal leader, exceptional range, uh, very good zone coverage guy, so he's going to fit right into that Gus Bradley defense, and he's a very instinctual player, which is something that you really like to see out of that position. Uh, he can just break at the crack of a bat. Uh, downfield and and he's a physical guy he's not a guy who you're worried about when he gets into the box 
Um, he's 6'2", 202, so pretty big for that free safety role, but he can play it well. Um, I, we think that that guy is clearly uh, the best safety in the class. Um, but looking at some prospects who are available on day two, uh, a, a guy who I really like for the Raiders because they've needed a playmaking element in the secondary. I think that's something that's been missing is Andre Cisco out of Syracuse. Yeah. He only played two games this year, so the hype has died down on him just a little bit. But that's a guy who I think has the best ball skills in this class. I believe he had 10 interceptions in 22 games played in his career, like which is an astronomical number. Um, he's a super rangy playmaker, uh, just like Morig. I think that his ball skills are the, like I said, number one in the class and can be a game changer. The biggest problem for him is that he's not a great tackler and you don't exactly want him in the box, but that that's something that I think can somewhat be overcome by younger guys, especially he's a junior. I, I think it's something that can be overcome with some time and with some coaching. So uh, Cisco's a guy who I could definitely see them taking on day two, maybe uh, trading up for from their third round pick to back into the second. Um, and then there's some guys that we like who uh, they could potentially take out on day three. One guy who we are high on, who we think um, isn't a great player right now, but has elite traits and has a lot of speed, high end speed is divine Diablo. He's a, a Virginia tech guy. He was down at a, uh, the senior bowl. And this is a guy who his instincts and pursuit are not very good right now. His ability in man is not very good, but that's something that he's not exactly going to get asked. But this is a guy who is six foot three and three eighths, 226 pounds. He's huge. And yet he can play at the safety that's or at the deep safety spot. That's just an intriguing overall player. Um, and then one other guy who's probably more of that traditional uh, Earl Thomas role is Sean Davis, another guy who was at the Senior Bowl coming out of uh, Florida. He's a 5'10 and 5'8", 200-pound guy. Um, he's a, a rangy guy who fits at that free safety position. He's a really good route recognition, turf eater and downhill pursuit, um, really eager to fill the alley. But again, another guy who's just not a great tackler. And that's not exactly something that you want from your safety position back there. And that's why he's probably more of a day three guy, because he doesn't have the high end traits that Cisco does. But I, I think he's a guy who, if they decide to wait a little bit at safety, or if they pick up someone who they think can fill that role in free agency, and then they want to bring in a second guy, Sean Davis is a guy that they could circle in the fourth or fifth round out of Florida. Boom. There you have it right there, man. Lots of great stuff. Lots of great players to, to kind of decipher through and, and think about and, and, and kind of, uh, you know, put the pieces together as we're in February right now, leading up to the April draft. That was great stuff from Cyril Penn four on Twitter at Cyril Penn, the number four. Uh, he's the scouting director, editor, expand the box score.com. And they have a 2021 NFL draft guide out right now. And, and as simple as that, man, you can go to the website, expand the box score.com and you could just uh get the get the, the 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 guide right now for twelve dollars which is very very minimal for 323 players evaluation right 
Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Best value you'll get out there. Thanks so much for having me on to you. Love talking ball, love talking Raiders, love talking prospects. Absolutely, man. Hey, great job on the guide. Uh, you guys did a heck of a job putting it together and again, kind of overcoming the, the COVID issue and deciding to, to do something really positive. Uh, I think you guys did an outstanding job, man. I definitely encourage everyone to go check out that guide. Thank you so much for your time. Appreciate you. Appreciate it, Q. So there you go right there. That was my conversation with Cyril Pin 4 on Twitter, at Cyril Pin, the number four. Uh, does a really good job talking NFL draft. He goes to the Senior Bowl. He usually goes to the Combine, which will be going on right now. He, I mean, he covers a lot of this draft like a glove. He does a really good job. I talk to him each and every year. Hopefully you enjoyed that conversation. Coming up in segment number three, your calls and text straight off that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line. Again, going to finish off this week really, really strong. 707-654-4693. That is the number. Before I get into it, though, I do want to tell you about rockauto.com. You already know they're a family business. They've been serving auto park customers online for 20 years. You got to go to rockauto.com, shop for all auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers, and they have everything. From engine control parts, brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, new carpet. It doesn't matter what you need. They got it. It doesn't matter if your car is something that you go and drive to work in every single day. Or it's that classic ride that you just pull out when the sun is shining. You're trying to show off a little something, something. It doesn't matter. They've got everything that you need a few easy clicks away. And it's delivered directly to your door. RockAuto.com, the catalog is unique, super easy to navigate. You can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle. You choose the brands. You choose the specifications. And most importantly, you choose the prices that you prefer. Yeah, that's right. The prices. The prices at RockAuto.com, super low. The same for professionals as it is for do-it-yourselfers. So there's no reason to spend up to twice as much for the same parts. Go to rockauto.com right now. Check out all the parts available for your car or truck. And in the box, it says, how'd you hear about us? You write Locked On Raiders Podcast. That's how they know I'm doing my job and I sent you. Great selection, super low prices. All the parts your car is ever going to need is at one spot, rockauto.com. Segment number three is on the way. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Here we go, Raider Nation. Segment number three of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Your calls and texts straight off that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line, 707-654-4693. Let's start things off with Dylan from the 605. Says, hey Q, just wanted to reiterate on the car thieves and choir boys conversation. I think you're 100% right. I like to think of it as a car engine. The car thieves are a turbo and the choir boys are their internals. You can slap a turbo on a car and it's most likely to blow up your engine. But if you have upgraded internals, the engine's going to run great. Vice versa. If you just have great internals and no turbo, your engine will never reach its potential. We need a good blend of the two to really ramp up this team and obviously a better defense. LOL. Stay safe and keep up the great work. Dylan from the 605. I like it, man. Great way to to summarize it and and put it into car talk. And I need to use that on my rockauto.com live read, right? (laughs) I like that, though. That's a great way to put it. And you're right. You've got to have the right blend, man. You just can't. You can't go over the top and have all car thieves, but you also can't go over the top and have just all choir boys. You've got to have a little edge to you too and that's what i'm looking for the raiders to do in 2021 inquire a little bit of edge put a little edge to their team we'll see if they do that i i think that they should great great text my man definitely appreciate you uh next up got a call from raider dot i think it's raider dot in the 510 he's calling to talk about zavin collins the linebacker out of tulsa he heard myself and cyril pin four talking about him on thursday's show and he had to stop and actually call in here he is raider dot i think that's his name in the 510 What's going on, Q? It's Raider Dot calling back. It's uh, February 25th. I'm listening to the episode, and as soon as I heard this guy's name, I had to call you instantly because I've been saying this for weeks. We need to get Zavin Collins. Zavin Collins is 
bigger than most linebackers, but he moves like a safety. He is a he is a playmaker. He has a nose for the ball. He got left to right speed. He's like just imagine um what you call it from Tampa um the uh, young linebacker they got, but just like that, but bigger. He's not quite as fast, but he stands out on the screen. He's very fast, but he is a playmaker. He hits. He got a nose for the ball. He can run any set. It's like some players just got it and you don't. Like lots of these guys that you got a scheme for, they don't got it. They're just schemed. They're, they are schemed. They are. But Simon Collins is one of the players that can do anything. He can blitz. He can cover. He can run, he can run left to right, 6'4". Like 260, huge. I'm telling you, he's huge, but he moves like a maniac. It's crazy. It's it's crazy. I think if he's available at 17, I think he's the guy we, that we should get. All right, Q, I just wanted to hit you with that right quick. I'm going to get back to the podcast to see what y'all got to say about it. But I had to just cut that off as soon as I heard his name. I'm like, about time somebody just said his name. Well, you enjoy your show and uh, keep doing what you're doing, man. There he goes. Appreciate the call, Raider Dot, right there. And, uh, yeah, man, Zayman Collins, he's definitely a prospect that a lot of fans are excited about. And it's it's funny because he could be a first-round guy. I think that, honestly, he's probably going to be a, a round-two guy. And I think that his best fit is in a 3-4. But, you know, if the Raiders and Gus Bradley look at him and say, hey, this could be a dude. I mean, he's clearly a difference maker. I do like him. I'm just not sure if he has the first-round grade for the Raiders. He could be a second-round guy for the Raiders, but uh, still could improve that linebacking room in a major, major way. So uh, I'm definitely on board with what you're talking about. I just think the better value for the Raiders may be in round two. But, again, I mean, you just have to see how that board shakes out. You never know who's going to trade up and who's not and where where uh, you know where the different linebackers are going to line up when the Raiders come to pick at number 17. Thank you so much for that call, my man. Appreciate you. Next up is a text from Jason from Idaho. Hey, Q. Jason from Idaho, just wanted your view on this. I think we should keep Trent Brown this year. I'm disappointed in his performance with all Raider Nation, but my thought is he has little to no trade value. His value has dropped on the open market as well. I think he has a good year to try to bring up his value. No player wants to hit the market after two years of being a no-show. Your thoughts. Thanks for all that you do. That's from Jason from Idaho. And that's not a bad idea. You know, it really isn't. I just don't know if the Raiders, the front office, John Gruden, Mike Mayock and company, if they trust him to be available. You know what I mean? It's just like he's been unavailable the last two years when he's been with the Raiders, you know, just uh, missed so much time that I feel like the Raiders feel like, man, I don't know if he's he's worth it, especially at the at the money that, uh, you know, that they're talking about giving him. Maybe they restructure his contract. Maybe they, you know, front load some. I don't, I don't know what they could do. Ideally, you want him there at that right tackle spot because obviously the Raiders offensive line is a lot better when he's there. I just don't trust his availability and that's what bothers me. That's why earlier in the show I suggested maybe they could trade him to uh, the Ravens who are, you know, looking like they're going to trade their right tackle right now. So maybe, you know, they could trade him there and then, uh, you know, they can go and get some draft capital. I don't think they'd do a, a swap because I don't think Orlando Brown would come in and play right tackle unless the Raiders said, hey, after this year we'll give you a boatload of money. And maybe they would. That could be, maybe they swap him straight up and then then, you know, after this year, Orlando Brown gets paid like a left tackle, and then he would have no problem playing the right tackle position because, like John McClain always says, it's always about the money. Thank you so much for that text, Jason. Appreciate you. Next up, got a call before I get in that call. Got to sound the alarm one time because this call is coming from a new booty. This call is coming out to South Bay. My guy Ryan said he's been listening for a while, but the first time he's chiming in, he's calling to talk about a wide receiver that he thinks that the Raiders should go after in free agent that he has not heard enough people talking about. 
There you go, a little free agency talk here. Here's Ryan calling out the South Bay, a new booty here on the Lockdown Raiders podcast. Hey, Q, this is Ryan from the South Bay, first-time caller. i got to say I love the show. been listening to it for a few months. Uh, doing a great job, but I feel like it's getting a little stale right now. Hasn't had a, a ton of new names brought up, so I wanted to bring one to the show that uh, I haven't heard mentioned yet. And uh, the guy's name is Alan Robinson. Uh, you might have heard of him. Great receiver uh, for the Jags and the uh, Bears. Has had Blake Bortles, Mitch Trubisky, and Nick Foles thrown to him throughout his career, and yet he's still putting up elite wide receiver number one numbers. You know, I, I really think the Raiders should go after someone like him. I know you've been talking a lot about car thieves and choir boys, and yes, he's another choir boy, but you add this guy to the offense, and I, I, I honestly think they could kill other teams with uh, the kindness. Uh, and... Uh, I know the the Bears could still franchise tag him. Uh, they'd be stupid enough not to, but, you know, with Ryan Pace as their GM, uh, anything's possible. So if he's available, uh, I, th- I really think the Raiders need to go after him. Uh, I know they need defense and, you know, any help over there that they can get. But if they can turn this offense into a top-five offense, you know, I, I really think they need to go after a guy like, like A-Rob. Anyway. Thanks for uh, listening to my call. Um, love the show, and uh, keep it up. Take care. There he goes right there. Ryan from the South Bay, thank you for that call. And, yeah, Allen Robinson, I mean, he's intriguing. He's a hell of a wide receiver. You know, he's been putting up monster numbers, like you mentioned, with mediocre at best quarterbacks. He's had, In 2020, 102 catches, 1,250 yards, 6 TDs, 16 games. Again, mediocre at best quarterbacks. I think, and this is just my expectations, I think the Bears are going to tag him and try to trade him. We'll see. He could be in a great addition. Don't get me wrong. I mean, he's definitely a number one wide receiver. Uh, me personally, what I'm looking for, and this is just me, and I'm not saying that the Raiders would go wrong if they were to make a move for Allen Robinson. I think you're spot on. I'm looking for a guy with a little extra edge to him. That's all. I mean, and, and that could, I could be shooting myself in the foot. I could be setting myself up for failure. I just, like I've said multiple times, I think that the Raiders need a guy with a little bit more extra, mm, little fire, a little extra edge to him. But again, that's just me. I like to I like to get coached hard though. Also, you know I like I like my 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 bosses to be fired up. I don't like them to be passive. I like you know what I mean I'm just a different breed of a guy as well. You know I just that's kind of how I'm built. So maybe maybe that's just me. I I think Allen Robinson would be a great addition. I just also think that the Raiders need somebody that could fire up and in, in, in you know if they need be. <laughs> you know, like like Dez used to do with the Cowboys. I used to love to see Dez get fired up on the sideline, and uh, I thought it was very warranted, and I thought that the Cowboys really did him dirty when they, you know, kind of used to poo-poo on him just because uh, because he was on the sideline getting fired up. So, I mean, that that's just me, but good call, man. Definitely a good call. Uh, got text for, uh, or got time for one more text. How about from Joey C in Stockton? Uh, he's calling to talk about Tuesday's show. He said, Hey Q, love the show today, man. Very inspirational. Nearly brought me to tears. I love the message. Value yourself. Like you, I'm making moves and working on my career. Sometimes I get pushback from my loved ones, but I know my worth and I know that if the situation isn't right, then I need to change it because no one else is going to do it for me. Your message couldn't have come at more perfect time. I appreciate you. Have a blessed day, my man. That came from Joey C. in Stockton. And I I, I love to hear that, man. I love to hear that because sometimes I'll talk about things that aren't necessarily Raiders related or I'll talk about something that might not even be sports related. And I'm hoping that at least one person, it can help you know motivate or push somebody or push a couple people in. Uh, You couldn't believe. You wouldn't believe how much great feedback I received from that show. Matter of fact, uh, I got another, uh, I got a tweet from my guy, Guillermo, uh, Guillermo Sacedo. He said, hello, Q. Yesterday, I was doing one-on-one, the performance appraisal of one team member, and I was surprised he valued himself very low in his self-review. 
I told him that he must know how valuable as a person and a team member he is and recognize his achievements, that he must trust himself and keep grinding. Help me a lot. Your segment number two, know your value. In this case, to cheer up one of my best persons on the team. Thanks, Q. Those kind of messages are dope. Those are better than, hey, the, you know, the show was good. That was great you know, feedback you had on the Raiders. or this. Those are the, are the best messages because I know that that made a difference for somebody. So definitely appreciate that, Joey. Uh, appreciate the, the tweet, Guillermo. Uh, a lot of good stuff, man. And so hopefully – uh, you know, more people took a, a, a lot out of that that conversation. Every once in a while, I feel the need to just kind of let it rip. Maybe that's just something to be brewing in my head for a long time, and I gotta I gotta let it out. So uh, it's just it just kind of is what it is. That's how I roll. You know what? I think I got time for one more text. Let's go ahead and go one more. Let's go Dark Side Ridge. Uh, he said, "What up, Q? What up, Nation? Dark Side Ridge here out of SoCal. Not sure if anyone has mentioned it, and if you have, I'll give you credit. Don't want anyone to think I'm stealing their idea. LOL. I understand that Gus Bradley's defense heavily relies." on the pass rush since he hardly blitzes. I love the idea of getting Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa because he's a dog. And another dog that I want to see the Raiders go get, Jalen Twyman. He looks like the second coming to Aaron Donald, and it's no surprise that the coaches gave him the okay to wear that number. From what I've seen, he's projected to the third round, but that seems too good to be true, and I think he may go late first, early second. Just wanted to hear your thoughts and see if he was on your radar as well. Hope all is well with you and yours. Take it easy, Q. That's from Dark Side Reg. And, you know, I've heard multiple people talk about Jalen Twyman and uh, what they think that he could bring to the table and, uh, you know, how he could and fit in with the Raiders and he does sound like a guy that's going to go a little bit later in the draft and and maybe that's a guy that Gus Bradley and that's the thing I mean Gus Bradley has to look himself in the mirror and say okay how am I going to improve this defense what do I need to do who do I need to get this defense right Twyman's an interior pass rusher that's for sure and we all know that the Raiders need to find a way to be able to to you know get a pass rush up the gut they've got to be able to collapse the pocket if you can't collapse the pocket quarterbacks are going to step up all day and they're going to pick you apart so uh, he's projected to be a good inside uh, pass rusher uh, preferably in that 4-3 scheme so I mean that would fit with what Gus Bradley has to do or is going to call you know and, and you just have to see if he fits and if Bradley feels like he can fit but definitely a good suggestion right there uh, going with Twyman especially if you can get him a little bit later in the draft it's not always about the first round, but what you get later on, second, third, fourth, fifth round, that's where you that's your money rounds right there. So uh, thank you for that text, my man. Definitely appreciate you. And that's all I got time for on today's show. Raider Nation, enjoy your weekend. We've made it to another weekend. Hopefully everyone is doing really, really well. Hopefully if uh, any weather situations are going on across the country, because I know that's happening, you're okay, you're safe, and your family's safe. But uh, uh, enjoy the weekend. Stay safe. Wash your hands. Wear your mask. Social distance. Take care of your family. And most importantly... Just win, baby.